Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your hustle and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kulzik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, lots of other things. There's like a hundred holidays in the span of two weeks around this time of year. I don't know most of them, but happy holidays to you, sir. Happy holidays and happy, boy, weren't those episodes of Steven Universe that we have totally watched already super good. Also, the Timeless movie. So glad they got to do that. Amazing, right? Yeah, Very excited. No, we, listeners, we haven't watched any of these things because it's yet, yet twelve fifteen. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's that's okay. Um, I'm sure we love them, and we will talk about them at when we return to our regular scheduled, you know, structure. But uh, for now, we have the Smorgasbordy to do, and for those who are new to the Televerse, this is our best of everything else for TV in 2018, and it's ridiculously long. I mean, yes. we, we were, we've gotten better about rambling and such. Mostly, I try to ramble less. Noel never rambles anyway, so it's fine. But I try to ramble I try less. super hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the, the best, like, 20, top 20 was significantly shorter than it usually is. We're going to try to do that with a smorgasbordy. We make little to no promise on that, though. Uh, yeah. But we're going to be counting down uh, just a few picks for performances, characters, craziest moments best shipping like costume design like everything you can think of and if you think of something we didn't do reach out because uh, yeah. you know challenge make accepted. this list longer make this list longer <laughs> we actually did cut some categories this year <gasps> scandalous but we added at least one more so you know yeah yeah that's yeah. how we roll here at the televerse well with without any further ado why don't we get into our first set of categories, Noel, to celebrate the TV year of 2018. We're going to start with performances, so our best performances. Should we start? Uh, it's very, very gendered of us here. Let's let's just combine best performance lead rather than male, female. Um, best performance lead. Who do you have? Who are your contenders? Right. So I've got Ted Danson for The Good Place. I've got mm-hmm. Jared Harris for The Terror. I've got Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta, and then Sandra and Jodie Comer basically are a unit mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for uh, Killing Eve uh, for lead performances. Uh, what about you? I have, well, Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta as well, and Sandra O yeah. and Jodie Comer as well for, for Killing Eve. I also have Bill Hader for Barry. I have Hannah Gadsby for Nanette. Nice. And I have Justina Machado for One Day at a Time. Um, these are all char- you know, actors, characters. Oh, I had Justine too. Yeah. Justine, Sorry, yeah. I added her late last night. So she's, she's in a weird wonderful. font. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these are all performances we talked about last week in our Best of the Year. So we're gonna, we'll yeah. just move right on. But terrific performances all. Excellent choices. Noel. Uh, well, I, I will be curious to see how much overlap we have in our list. I think there will be some, but I think there will be a yeah. lot that doesn't. And so I'm excited to see what that all is. Let's yeah. move swiftly on to our best supporting performances. Who came to mind? Right. So I only did one one for each of these. Um, so I did Lakeith Stanfield for Atlanta. I mean, mm-hmm. only for Teddy Parkins alone. Um, but then... The, the reigning champ is also Rita Moreno, uh, <laughs> two years running now. Damn you, Emmys. Uh, yeah. So those were my two choices for supporting performances. I could have thought of more, but those were the two that just like immediately came to mind out of my fingers. 
Yeah, I also had Rita Moreno. Uh, I, of course, have Noah Emmerich from The Americans, who's also right. basically a lead performance, but whatever, I put him into supporting. Yeah. I have Cody Fern and Finn Widrock, who were terrific on American Crime Story, uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Wait, switch those. Um, and then I also have just a little shout out to Sissy Spacek, who was amazing and basically her episode that she got to do something in on Castle Rock. Yeah. And just just for the fun and bitchiness of it all, Juliana Margulies was just having so much fun on Dietland. Ah, ah. I felt like oh, I would throw her in here. Her. Oh, I should have definitely added her. I mean, Kitty shows up later in um, the one of the technical categories. <laughs> um, but that's a good choice, too. Yeah, it was super fun. How about voice acting? This was hard for me. This was hard for me, too. And then I thought of, like, the one person that I think really stood out to me for voice acting this year. And that was AJ uh, Machala. Machalik? Machaka, thank you. Uh, she voices Stevani and Steven Universe, but she also voided, voiced um, Katra on She-Ra, uh, Princess and the Princesses of Power. And apart from Lorraine Toussaint's really excellent performance as Shadow Weaver on that show, um, AJ's performance as Katra basically keeps the show going for me. So there, as soon as I kind of like gave it a little bit of thought, I went, there's no one else for this choice but her this year. Uh, what about you? I actually, I think those are excellent picks, an excellent pick there. Um, but I actually gave it to Marcus Scribner for She-Ra because I had so much fun with the voice of Bo. And some oh, of that oh, good is choice too. acting and yeah. some of that is casting, but mm -hmm. super fun. And then also just like, Everybody on Steven Universe was so good this yeah. year. <laughs> I feel like we can say that about a lot of these animated shows that we love, but I just like, I was trying to decide who I would pick from Steven Universe, and I just like, like all all of them. Just, just like, yeah. Just, I, I it's all of them. pick. <laughs> it's our show, so I don't have to. Um, how about best reality personality? I was. So close to going with somebody from Terrace House, but but I instead went a different way. Who did you go with? I was assuming you went Terrace House. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. Um, um, the old man of Terrace mm -hmm. House. Um, so I yeah, I went with him. Um, his name is escaping me because I didn't write it down. I was just like, I'll remember it. It's Taka. Yeah, Taka, no, it's yeah. old man Taka. Um, who's just delightful. Even though the romance between um Subasa and um Shion, it's also really good. But it's Taka all the way. Um, what about you? Well, I have a few. I have, yeah, no, I I would I, I hope so. I would expect <laughs> nothing less from me. Um, I had I couldn't decide, so I went with Jonathan Jonathan Van Ness and Bobby Burke from Queer Eye. Uh, okay. because I, I also really, if, if you enjoy Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye, check out his podcast. Um, and then Bobby just busts his ass every week. I mean, yes, he overuses dark blues and black, don't get me wrong, but like, he just transforms these spaces, does all these amazing things, and then also has these interesting conversations. I had to give a special shout out to the two of them. I wasn't sure where to put this next person, uh, cause it, she's a comedian, but I really love her persona that she's been doing for years now. I mean, that's Amber Ruffin on Late Show oh, with, with Seth Meyers. And yeah, Amber says so, what? That's so inspired. That's such an inspired choice. She's so good. She's so good. Um, so I put and her here. And she was good on Drunk History this year, too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then the last one I have is Samin Nosrat from Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, who is just mm -hmm. fabulous. And I want more seasons of that, please. I don't know yeah. how you do that, but please make them. Um, how about most novel casting? Right. So this was this was the kind of like the easiest choice. This was Bill Hader. 
mm-hmm. um, for Barry. Um, and we talked about this, about how really calibrated that show is to use Bill Hader and use Bill Hader in this way. But yeah, it's Bill Hader and Barry. Uh, what about you? I have two picks that okay. shouldn't be novel casting at all. Because yeah. they're just, you know obvious clear choices for casting and terrific performances but unfortunately because of biases in hollywood uh i feel like i should actually give a give a well done to the casting for pose which is Mm -hmm. actually casting transgender women of color to play transgender women of color and they give terrific like that everyone on that cast is terrific so shout out to pose Thank you. There's no other way you could do it. Like it feels so stupid to be saying that, but also yay, and they're terrific. Um, and then Ellie Walwork on Doctor Who, who is a blind actor, cast to play a blind character, and I shouldn't have to say a good job for actually casting a blind person to play a blind person, but it doesn't happen very much, so I'm gonna yeah. say it anyways. So other shows be like Pose. Be like Doctor Who. There are terrific actors who are who have a disability, who are part of a marginalized group, who, like, who would love the opportunities to actually play people, you know, and represent their communities and get a shot to really show everybody how terrific an actor they are. And they are closed off from other roles for various sociological reasons. So at the very least, give them the opportunity to play roles that are like suited to their to their uh, position in society and to their abilities and to uh, everything that they are capable of, because they will blow you away, just like Ellie Wahlberg did on Doctor Who, and just like the whole freaking cast of Pose does. Um, so yes, that's my most novel casting, and it shouldn't be, but it, but it, but it still kind of is at this point. How about yeah. best ensemble? All right, so two choices here. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's ensemble is just top-notch, top-flight. You can't mess with them. Mm-hmm. And then also can't be messed with because now the chemistry is too well-balanced for this show. Mm-hmm. You can't mess with the ensemble for Legends of Tomorrow because that cast is just so <laughs> finely tuned at this point. Um, so those are my two choices for best ensembles. Uh, what about you? Well, I, I, I went with Atlanta. Um, deep bench and everybody lives up to everything they give them. They give them such different stuff to play with. I also with the good place because again, deep bench. Um, and then my, my last choice here, I wasn't sure whether to put them into best ensemble or most underrated ensemble. So I put them in both and that is the cast of queen sugar. As we talked about last week, it's such a good show and so few people are watching it. Watch queen sugar. This ensemble is terrific all the way through, including the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. and they are also, they're one of my best ensembles and one of my most under, uh, underrated. I also have a few other picks that were, I feel like could, could go into best ensemble, but I sort of thought of it as underrated. And that was again, trial error, trial and error, lady killer. And mm-hmm. Claws, which is just against such choice. a deep bent. Uh, so so for those who haven't sought out Claws, seek it out. It's super fun. Uh, but let's move right on to Best Cameo. And there's no way we don't have the same choice. Let's say it together now. John Noble, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> he is on here. I actually have like four people on this. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> did you have Noble or no? Yeah, I did have John Noble on here. Okay. Um, who else did you he's go He's one of them. Well, so I've got Rusty Taylor, um, who came on to do Donald on DuckTales. Um, yes, Because yes. I really enjoyed that. 
Um, I really enjoyed Griffin McElroy. He showed up on uh, We Bear Bears voicing a virtual AI caterpillar really delightfully and then really scarily um, as his voice is capable of doing. And then Kate, I thought outside the box, I came up with the most inspired choice. The most inspired choice. It's Other Rebecca from the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend theme song. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm a fork. Oh, no. <laughs> um. So even though she's in technically every episode, I love Other Rebecca so much, Kate. And I wanted <laughs> to highlight her somehow. And I just went, best cameo. <laughs> um. So yeah, Other Rebecca is on here. But uh, yes, John Noble is just, oh, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. John Noble as himself. Did you wait, Did you have a fourth? Yeah, I Rusty Taylor, Griffin McElroy. Oh, Rusty Taylor, Rebecca. yes, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I just thought of another one that I'm going to throw out there, um, mm-hmm. which is a cameo is Nancy Pelosi on Drag Race, which was just <laughs> so fun. Yeah, uh, I like and, that. and uh, you, Nyanola hasn't had a chance to see this yet, but um, I don't know if this is cameo or guest appearance, but Jennifer Lewis needs to be a guest judge all the time because she's so good. She's so good guest judging on Drag Race All Stars. Um, but that takes us directly to guest appearance, and I thought of this as more like a, a full episode sort right. of thing. Um, so who did you go with? I want Sterling K. Brown. I don't know that there was another option this year. Um, Oh, Oh, there is. I have him too, but please continue. Just his performance in the box and the the way that that character is immediately established through both Brown's performance, but also the writing and how um, Peralta and Holt talk about him Mm -hmm. really goes a long way to making sure that that maniacal dentist is really well established in a way that both fits with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but also feels very separate from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as this episode kind of sort of does. So it was also just really fun to see him play evil villain, as opposed to sort of like (laughs) the sort of like crusading evil villain that he sort of did on Supernatural. So this was a much more sort of interesting kind of performance here. So that was my choice for guest appearance. Who else did you have? Well, yeah, you got to have Sterling K. Brown for the box because, uh, I mean, he was just so amazing, um, Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine. But I also, much like you, needed to throw some love to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Paul Welsh as Trent, who is so good nice. in Trent. <laughs> um, and then my last one, I think you will approve of this. I think you have forgotten about a little show called Ellie to Vegas and the use of Dermot Mulrooney. As I did forget about that. And my, part, my person is going to hurt me. <laughs> for 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 Dylan McDermott, um, yeah. that was just such a fun thing, and well well done, Ellie to Vegas. You, I was like, oh, I was like, I don't think I'll find a space for anything. For I was like, oh, wait, yes, I will. Best guess. Yeah. <laughs> now the sixth man award is one that you did not want to give out this year. You didn't have anyone who came to mind, and frankly, listeners, it takes a lot of research. Um, yeah. So I I kind of thought of this two ways. First of all, we when this is something we've discussed off mic. What do you do when there's just someone who's gonna just win every year? Um, yeah. Do you just keep giving it to the same person? That's kind of boring. And yeah. you can't I have keep that. giving it to Jason Manzukis. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I have that pick again, and it's not Jason Manzukis though. He's delightful and very good, and shows up everywhere. But it's Mark Evan Jackson who was on ten different shows this year, including. You know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and several other ones that we, you know, The Good Place, plenty of shows that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to just give a little nod, which I 
listeners, I'm not saying that she actually deserves a sixth woman award because she was only in three things. And I, that is not nearly enough. I know that there are plenty of other hardworking actors out there doing way more than this in a given year. But I was delightfully surprised when Bella Lavelle showed up in, in She-Ra and in Christmas, Christmas Chronicles. So she, she got a little nod too. As like, a, oh, cool. She was in multiple things. Three is not. 10, like Mark Evan Jackson. But still, it's not nothing either. So that's my sixth man slash woman slash person award. Um, now, let's listen to a little bit of music, and we'll come back with our next set of awards. That was some of our music from this year. The the, the music category will be coming along shortly. Um, or uh, not shortly. Who are we kidding? In a while. But um, <laughs> I wanted each of these segments will be separated out by some of our favorite uh, original music from TV this year. The next section we have here after performance is characters. So this was tricky for me. There was a lot of potential to just say all the same people every time. Yeah. Performances, characters, writing, direction, all of that. Uh, did you avoid that or did you just steer into it, Noel? What, what are your picks for new characters? Uh, so I had two for this. Um, mm-hmm. And I went with the new Doctor because mm-hmm. I really liked the new Doctor a lot. Um, and I also went with, went with Plum from Dietland because I really liked that character a lot. 
And I like that performance a lot, but just the general conception of that character, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm sad that we're not going to get more of it. And while I've got Dietland on here a couple more times in a couple of other places, um, I really, really liked Plum and I wanted to spend more time with Plum. But we're not going to get to, so I need to recognize her somewhere, and I chose to recognize her here. Yeah, uh, I also made your have... List? Plum, for those same reasons. Joy Nash is just so terrific in that role. But it's, like you say, it's a combination of writing, direction, uh, performance all together. I boringly also have Eve Pilastri and Vienna Earl from Killing Eve. Um, And I have Nia Nall, who was so fun and so much better than she could have been on on Supergirl. And, again, boringly, Barry from Barry. (laughs) 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 Bill Hader was very good. And and Nia Nall, of course, played by Nicole Means. Um, what about best villains? Did you go comedic, dramatic? Which way did you go with this? I went very abstract. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go, Um, I almost went with, I think, what, did you go with the terror and just the crushing expanse of nature? I went with man for the terror. (laughs) That's Um, perfect. So I, I have, I have two. I have the, I have man for terror. But then um, I also have society for mm-hmm. why it's next problem areas and diet land. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so those were, those were my villains were man and society. Those were my best villains. <laughs> very on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very on brand. Thank you, Kate. Uh, what about you? <laughs> well, let's go from lighter to to to, to less light um noho hank from barry anthony kerrigan was super mm-hmm. fun uh, really lavinia good, yeah. peck foster from trial and error lady killer kristen channel delightful especially when she's singing um teddy perkins i guess donald glover probably from atlanta and then no uh, it's just it's teddy perkins it's teddy perkins teddy i apologize perkins. i apologize <laughs> and then um the darkest uh andrew kenyanin um, from Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, uh, that, of course, played by Darren Chris, and just a stunning performance. And I had to stop watching the show because it was too dark. Um, and it was not what I signed up for, foolishly. Um, so, so I, yeah, that those are my villains. How about Best Parents? I went with Grace and Graham from Doctor Who. I went with Graham I'm- from Doctor Who, too! Bradley yeah. Walsh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, they're just so good. They were teaching Ryan how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, that you need any more character establishment than that moment for both of these and how much they care about Ryan. And then continuing on how much Graham what, cares about Ryan and eventually how much Ryan cares comes to like display how much he cares about Graham. So those were my pick for um, best parents. I mean, there's still really good parents out there, including like Penelope on One Day at a Time. Um, but I also had those... uh, Jefferson Pierce and Lynn Stewart from Black Lightning. Good choice. Good They're choice. Terrific. Too. Yeah. yeah, except that they make their kids run away, but you know. <laughs> they don't make their they ah, kids make their own damn choices. Um and I think we can all like let's look at this let's pivot over to worst parents. Uh yeah. and, and I think there you will see here just our contrast of just how terrific Jefferson and Lynn really are. Who are your worst parents? I didn't pick any worst parents. I've been just focusing on the best. Oh yes, um, that's right. But um, you know, you know, I, I think Rose is kind of a terrible parent. Okay. Um, especially yeah. given all we find out about her, but um, uh, from Steven Universe, but she wasn't a parent then, mm-hmm. um, so enough. it may not count. Um, but yeah, so tell me who some of your worst parents were. Well, 
Electra Abundance from the House of Abundance uh, from Pose, <gasps> which is actually yeah. kind of a storyline, a through line for her um, in in the, that first season. But Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, the Americans, of course, I had to <laughs> like they're the they're the worst. I mean, they try considering everything, they do a good job considering everything, but like. They never had a shot at being good parents, uh, just from how they started things out. What about best kids? I had several for this. Right. So I've got Webby from DuckTales again, mm-hmm. I'm sure, because uh, she's just the best. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Alana from One Day at a Time. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah from Queen Sugar. Um, like, Bo from friggin' She-Ra. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a kid? It's really unclear it's how very old some of them unclear. are. Yes. Um, so, but I'm going to treat it anyway, since it's um, there. Um, I also put Hilda from Hilda on here, even though she's also kind of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of splits that divide. Um, who who was on your list? Well, I had Micah from Queen Sugar and Hilda from mm-hmm. Hilda. I also had Arena from Killing Eve, because she's just nice. so fun yeah. in the last yeah. few episodes there. Um, okay, now things get a little more somber. Best mm-hmm. on-screen death. I actually had trouble with this. I came up with three, but yeah. I, I, it took me a while to get there. Did Did you have yeah. any that came I, immediately to mind? I have two. We should like for listeners spoilers, of course, naturally spoilers. Um, so yeah. one one is one is very serious, and the other one is not serious at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. my first one are butterflies from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> oh, that's such a good choice. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was very pleased with that. That and other Rebecca were my two most inspired choices for this oh. list. Oh, um, those those poor butterflies um, in the finale, RuPaul's Drag Race. That just no. no. That was just oh, it was so bad. It was so um, bad. Yeah. And then my other choice is Nell from The Haunting of Hill House. Um, her death is basically occurs off screen in like the first or second episode. And, but we don't actually get to see it until like episode five. And because of all the buildup and how they stage it in this sort of montage sequence, um, it's deeply effective, deeply disturbing and deeply emotional. And you can't achieve it without basically the, the episodes that preceded the actual death in any way, shape or form. Um, and that they're able to do it as quickly as they do and effectively as they do, it's really powerful and it's really scary at the same time. Um, despite the fact I did not finish the show, Haunting of Hill House shows up on a number of things um, for me, but this was this was a very easy choice for me to pick. This was like super easy because um, I can't think of a better executed, no pun intended, on-screen death than Nell's in Haunting of Hill House. So what about you? Who, wh- what made your list? Um, well, I had Alan Pangborn, uh, Scott Glenn's character on Castle Rock. Uh, mm-hmm. Very well done scene. This is not, I didn't actually care about the death, but the sort of, it's more about the moment and the surprise of it all, but Zlatan and Claus. Okay, like, good choice. Yeah, that was, I did not see that coming, but that is awesome. <laughs> and then the other one that's more of the traditional, like, slow death scene is Commander James Fitzjames uh, from the Terror, Tobias mm. Menzies' character, and his sort of final conversation was really well done. Um, did you yeah. have any worst on-screen deaths? Because I have, I have a couple. Um, one I'm less certain about, and I've got one that might not stick. Uh, so <laughs> we'll talk about that. Was it Gamby's death on Black Lightning? <laughs> Which is stupid. Very stupid. Um, no, no. I, don't, I didn't have any worse deaths, but please tell me about yours. Well, Dr. Culber on, uh, okay. on, on Star Trek Discovery was just stupid. And yeah. uh, also Dolls on Winona Earp was yes. stupid. 
Um, but that one, that was sort of my, like, I've seen worse ones, but it was still stupid. It's um, the context of the death that matters in both of these cases. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, okay, so Virginia better not be dead on Claws. Because oh. that's, yeah. I'm going to be so angry. Yeah, they, that's, like, that's a good no. choice. <laughs> So, so that's my question mark because she, hopefully, she's not actually dead. Yeah. If she is, I'm gonna be pissed. Uh, my badass award choices, which is our next category, I've got one that's very basic, but I we're on the same page about, and then one that I'm actually kind of happy about. Um, do you have how many badasses did you come up with? Because I struggled. I, I- yeah, I struggled too, and I came up with two. Um, so I've got Charlie from Queen Sugar, who I think is very much a badass. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's an immense amount of strength in a number of the things that she does. But also, as we sort of discussed last week, Charlie likes her some revenge. Um, <laughs> Do so... not mess with Charlie. Do not exactly. get on the wrong side. Yeah. And then, like, my less inspired choice um, is Sarah Lance yeah, from Legends right? of Tomorrow. I don't... Th- I mean, anyone who can keep those misfits in line yes. deserves this award. Um, so, yeah, those were my two badasses. What about you? Well, yeah, I also had Sarah Lance because you got yeah. it. She's the biggest badass on TV right now. And yeah. then I also g- gave uh, a nod to Thomas Blanky, Ian Hart, on the terror because of, mm-hmm. you know, his dis- <laughs> he goes out surrounded, like covered in forks, being like, I'm going to take you down with me, polar bear. Um, so, like, that, that is, that is a, a badass choice. final moment yeah um so yeah well done uh blanky uh how about character that we want more of i have two that could happen and one that can't but i really want it to right so mine was very much one that you and i have discussed really extensively especially recently that's yaz on doctor who yeah i just need i just need more from yaz and i need the writers to give me a lot more and because there's a really good character there and there's already a there's already a good performance there that is in need of a really good character. It's in need of so, some writing. Yeah. So I need Yaz. I need more of Yaz. And I I need it now. So mm-hmm. who were your choices? Well, Kelly from Insecure, obviously. Okay. Natasha Rothwell is terrific. Yeah. And whenever they go to her, she's great. This season, she got more depth, which was needed. And uh, yeah. hopefully they'll give her more material next season. Uh, I really enjoyed Ambrose on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Chance uh, Perdomo. Um, And then the one that's not going to happen, but I want it to, is I want more King James from Doctor Who. I need more Alan (laughs) Cumming in my life as this character. It was just Mm -hmm. so fun. Um, so How did they... he not show up on our guest car- guest appearance choices, Kate? Well, because I had him here instead. Oh, okay. I want more time with King James. Um, how about actors we want more of? I, I'm curious if we have the same pick. Yeah, so I've got actually, I, I cheated and picked three. Go I for apologize. it, yeah. Yeah, so I've got Aubrey Joseph from Cloak and Dagger. Um, mm-hmm. He plays uh, Tyrone. He's fabulous. And I really, really like him on this. But I, I want to see more of him. Um, I've got Travis Tope from American Vandal. He played Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then I've got Anna Taylor-Joy from The Miniaturist, um, who I yeah. think is just really great on The Miniaturist and has this surprisingly lack of filmography. Like, I went, th- I thought of a bunch of people and went, no, they've been around too long. I can't pick them mm-hmm. um, type of thing. But apart from, like, a movie and then, like, a couple of other, like, small stuff, like, most of these these three haven't really done, like, a whole, whole lot. So these are three actors I want a lot more of, especially Anna Taylor-Joyce and Travis Tope, since they're not attached to, like, any ongoing projects just yet. Um, But they should be, both of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you? 
Well, that's an excellent point. I almost picked uh, picked her from the miniaturist, um, mm-hmm. but I, instead I just had to follow my heart. We need to get that Ferrari out of the garage. We need more <laughs> Tansir car in our life, and not and not a, on not on, as a character fun. who gets killed off right away, and not as a character who gets benched right away, and not talking of being the supportive blah wife of a podcaster. Um, yes. we, we need, we need more Tia's, uh, Sirkar. And I, I don't know, I apologize if I'm saying her name wrong, but she's delightful and she's super funny and has a lot of range and I want to see her on my TV next year. Casting agents, get on it. Yep. Or, you know, give her character from Star Wars Rebels her own TV series. That would work. Sabine could carry it. I could, like, <laughs> let's, let's put her along with the rest of that insane cast at the Mandalorian. Let's just make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good I think that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, now we're going to take a break, listen to some more music, and come back with our next set of words. There used to be a grand tower alone on the sea. You became the light to the dark side of me. Two, keep it going. The one desire. Number three. Believe when I say. Number four. I want it that way. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. Now number five. I never want to hear you say. I want it that way. Next up, our next set of awards. These are technical awards and ones that my picks are kind of boring. Hopefully your picks are more interesting, sir. Um, But these are the production awards. And so we're going to start with Notable Direction of Comedy. Who would you come Mm -hmm. up with? Uh, oh, I forgot to add, like, names to this, but I also kind of went with series uh, choices. Mm-hmm. But Comedy Direction's Teddy Perkins mm-hmm. um, for Atlanta. I don't think there's a slightly better, like, I could also go with The Box because that episode is really well directed as well. But th- just the weird balance of horror and humor that comes through Teddy Perkins, I 
there was not another choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Well, I have Hiro Mirai for Teddy Perkins uh, and the rest of his yeah. work on, on Atlanta under yeah. drama. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, but I have Claire Scanlon, who directed The Box for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I also have Nisha Kanatra, who directed Safe House for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There was some okay. really excellent Good direction choice. Yeah. Um, for, on, Brooklyn Nine, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine this year. Uh, what about uh, drama direction? So these were more like series choices, mm-hmm. um, even though uh, Mike Flanagan oversaw most of the directing for Haunting of Hill House. Um, the episodes I, the almost six episodes I managed to get <laughs> through before I was not allowed to watch the show anymore. Um, the show's immaculately well-directed, and there's a number of really good touches visually that kind of keep the show going. Um, then the other uh, notable drama direction, um, which is more character-driven as opposed to sort of aesthetic-driven, um, is the terror um, with just really strong performances that had to come from somewhere apart from just the actors. Like there's mm-hmm. a really good script there as well, but there's really good directing that's happening there as well that enhances those performances. Um, so those were my two choices for drama direction. You already had Atlanta. Did you have anything else on this one? Yeah. And, and I think your choices were excellent as well. Like the terror, that's a really good pick. Uh, but I also have the Americans and Chris Long who directed the finale. Cause it was so good. It was so good. And it's going to show up a lot. When my picks are to get boring, it's because the, the Americans finale was just so amazing, guys. Um, so more on that in a bit. But l- let's move on, directly on to your most memorable long take. Right. So I say this every year, and I'm going to say it again, is that long takes are kind of bullshit now because you can just <laughs> digitally stitch them together. Which that's um, what which mine is. is. Yeah, and that's what mine is. Like, there's no way Two Storms, which is the sixth episode of The Haunting of Hill House, isn't digitally edited together to mm-hmm. do basically one very, very, very long take. There's no way to do it. Um, and But it's so good. It ratchets up the tensions. It al- allows for really effective, quick scares while still giving the actors, like, a lot of time to breathe and find rhythms after they've been separated, basically, for five episodes and they're all coming together for the first time really in this episode and everything's coming out while there's a storm raging outside. So it's a bottle episode that is all basically in one take slash present day and flashbacks are also like woven together into the single take. So it's really effectively done. And so it's the most memorable long take, but again, it's deeply edited. (laughs) Um, so it doesn't totally count in my like purest brain, but it's as close as we're going to get these days, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about you? Well, I, mine, I think, has a little stitching, but it's, I think what it does is just to hide stunt doubles. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. though, but it's the Daredevil fight for this season. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are getting tired of it and they don't think it's that impressive or that interesting anymore. But for me, it really is, especially because I'm just thinking about what it must be like on a production level. Like it's so immersive that you, yeah. for me, when I'm watching, I don't even notice it. Um, yeah. And if you do notice it, then it means that they're doing it wrong. Cause you should be so engrossed in yeah. the characters that you aren't noticing the production elements. Um, but for me with the, the fight scene this year, it was much more impressive to me than the previous one take fight scenes because I'm just thinking about Charlie Cox and all the stuff he's got to do because in the middle there's like a stop for a dialogue scene and like a performance scene in the middle of all of this craziness and then it's like okay now hide behind this and then jump out and like tuck and roll to, to replace the stunt double and like it was really well done so I was very impressed with that um, and that is my pick for memorable long, ter- long take yes it's basic but I don't care uh, how about best cinematography 
filmography. Did any choices come to mind for you for this one? Yeah, so I've actually got like a number of things here. Mm-hmm. Um, Haunting of Hill House, obviously. Um, Queen Sugar, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Terror, obviously. Yeah, Atlanta, um, obviously. I, <laughs> Atlanta, obviously. I've got the miniaturist on here because cinematography and the yeah. miniaturist is Insane. amazing. But I also have um, Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. It's just not the crucifixion scene, which will show up later in our discussion. Yeah, I'm sure. But that was a really generally well shot live event, which is very difficult to do, especially when they're not doing a proscenium sort of setting. Um, and the fact that the inf- the performances and the set design and everything flowed really well together, that is a really impressive feat. Um, yes, it wins no points for sound design or sound mixing, <laughs> especially in the early going when it was really spotty, but the camera work did its job in making sure that everything made sense in a stage that didn't necessarily lend itself to a lot of really easy shot setup. Um, so that, I think that's really, for me, like the big winner here is that they, they, they hit that nail really well. Everything else I kind of expected, but that was a surprise. Yeah. And and again, an added level of difficulty when you can't just do this shot again. Can't just do the take yes. again. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, the, you mentioned all of mine. So we, yeah. had a little, we had a little mind meld going this time. Yeah. Um, how about best costuming? Right. So this was also really easy. Um, Terror, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, miniaturist, obviously. Mm-hmm. Both, both are very luscious. Uh, but then, as I always, like, go on my soapbox about, I also want to highlight, like, really good clothing that's set in, like, non-period pieces, even though I did also pick glow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alana and uh, Queen Sugar also just do really good job of grounding our characters in certain perspectives. And, in fact, there's a whole episode of Alana about clothing with fubu Mm -hmm. and that's really important and so those those five are basically my choices for costuming what about you well i wanted to give a shout out to the pink dress on killing eve uh, the puffy princess dress choice um and then uh the costuming on pose is terrific Mm -hmm. both the period like 80s kind of regular day-to-day looks and then also they have all those ball sequences and those are all and, and they do a good job of making the moments that need to be movie magic transcendent feel that way without usually like without robbing these ballroom looks of the the sense of somebody scrounges this together and is creating magic on a budget um and when Mm -hmm. that's not the case you see how and why and and i think that that they really they gave that those moments those scenes escapism um but they also found ways when appropriate and when it fit with the story to to make it feel a little bit more real and a little bit more potentially of the time um if not always so i thought they towed that line really well with the costuming choices on pose and then in a similar vein i had to give some love to rupaul drag race all stars and drag race because there were some looks this year uh so well done uh well done to the queens who who had some of those just insane looks all all season and like we had three different seasons of All-Stars, two of All-Stars, one of regular Drag Race this year. So there were a lot of options. Um, I'm mostly just sad we never got to see Shanji's final look on All-Stars 3. But um, so it goes. Those were my picks. Uh, what about best set design? 
Uh, so I, I waxed uh, poetically about the ships uh, last week on the Terror, so I won't belabor that point, but those ships are so good, Kate. That's why that's and, my pick. <laughs> the Terror is yeah, my pick, no, and I didn't have any other yeah. picks. Yeah, no, the only other choice I had here was the Miniaturist, because mm-hmm. um, those sets are gorgeous. also just really gorgeous um, in very different ways. Both of them are really painterly in a lot of ways, but Miniaturist especially. Um, but... Th- I don't think there were more beautiful sets this year than the two of those. Yeah. No, those are excellent choices. Um, uh, for hair and makeup, I just went boring and said Drag Race <laughs> and All-Stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's Drag Race. It's glow for me. Yeah. Um, but it's also um, it's also Teddy Perkins mm-hmm. for makeup. Ooh. Yeah. It's <laughs> so creepy. But you're yeah. right. They're so creepy. <laughs> How about um, best editing? Yeah, no, um, this is always a tough thing to cho- choose, um, in part because I'm not giving it to Archer anymore, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't finish Archer this year. Yeah, more on um, that in a and, while. We're going we're yeah. to get there. Um, but uh, Queen Sugar's editing is still really, really well done, um, and the editing, when there is editing for The Haunting of Hill House, is also really strong. So those those were my two choices there. Yeah. What about you? I went with uh, giving a nod to editors who whose work isn't always appreciated enough, um, and that is, I, w- I mean, we're going to talk about them when we get to stunts, but Daredevil and Into the Badlands have these amazing mm-hmm. fight sequences, and you can follow everything that's going on. You know, you can follow the story, the narrative, and you can follow the character within, like the character progressions over the course of a fight within both shows, and that is from direction and stunt choreography and performance, but it's also the editing because there are plenty of shows that have stunts that are just terrible and you can't follow what's going on. Some of that is stunts, but a lot of it is also the visual choices, the editing choices. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity to to give some love to Daredevil and Into the Badlands for creating fight scenes that I can actually watch and connect with and care about. So thank you to those editors. Um, Now our last category here is most inventive animation i'm curious if we're gonna have the same pick what did you go with uh so i've got two here um one is diet land um just really terrific use of animation um overlay uh, both just straight animation but also just uh incorporating into live action sequences and then kate i needed a way to acknowledge this episode i needed a way because there was no other place that i could really put it but Scooby Natural from Supernatural this year. <laughs> yes! I love both um, of these picks. <laughs> is it inventive? Not particularly. Is it an amazing hour of animation? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, so that makes me those happy. were my two picks for the uh, animation this year. What about you? <laughs> I actually forgot about Dialand as an option, so I think that's a particularly excellent pick but i love like what's inventive is the decision to use animation to do an animated Uh episode and that so i think it totally counts for this category well done with scooby natural Uh, i went with uh agretzko and uh the the rage you know mode we go into it's not the most inventive thing ever but it felt fresh and different i mean maybe i'm just not watching the right anime they're watching the right kind of shows but that felt different to me and so i really liked that and this is a good place to get a little love for uh, gretzko in here um though you know what i should have had uh the coach uh her her like zen 
buddy or whatever, like in, in for best new characters. Cause I also really love that character, but yeah. Anyways, um, that wraps up all of our production picks. Now we'll again, take a break, listen to some more music and come back with our next set of categories. Listening to music uh, all throughout this episode, going between our segments, and it is time at last for our best music awards. And some of these were hard for me, and some of these were easy for me. Um, I'm curious what your experience was. Let's start with best and catchiest new theme song. 
Right, so I had two choices for this, uh, both from an, both from different anime series. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, I mentioned Cells at Work. Uh, it was number 20 on my list last year, and well, this year, I should say. And their opening theme song, which translates as Mission Health First, is <laughs> um, deeply, deeply um, earwormy, even if you don't understand the Japanese at all. Um, and it's really, really fun. It's very silly sounding, so I really like it. Um, my other choice was, uh, Break In to Break Out, which is the first theme song for the first batch of episodes from Persona 5, the animation. Um, a lot of the music for that shows derived heavily from the video game that it's based on, but this song was original for this, um, performed by the same person who does the opening song for the video game. Um, but it's very catchy, it's very good, and it made me very upset when they switched to a totally less good song. <laughs> Still sung by the same performer, but it wasn't as good as the um, first song, Break Into Break Out, which I would just find myself singing to myself basically all spring and summer, is how lodged in my head it got in there, because there are large portions of it in English. Um, so I really like Break Into Break Out, and... Mission Health First um, <laughs> from Cells at Work. Uh, what about you? What were your best new, catchiest new theme songs this year? Those are excellent choices. Um, I went with Killing Eve and the I've Got to Kill mm-hmm. You, um, which was, you know, yeah. very catchy. And Black Lightning, which was, I think, a, just so evocative and immediately earwormy for me um and and i have a hard time had a hard time reminding myself that this whole series everything we've seen for black lightning was all 2018 um so that counted i was like oh yeah that's right i'm gonna put it under best new theme songs because i think it's really good how about uh best score spoiler alert i also put black lightning for this (laughs) Yeah, well, I put Black Lightning having, like, the best soundtrack, because mm-hmm. um, I couldn't come up with, like, a score that I, I really liked this that. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I really couldn't come up with, like, a score this year that I really felt moved by or connected to, mm-hmm. which was weird for me. Um, and me too. But, yeah, and so I was just kind of went, no, nah, I don't have one this year, but Black Lightning soundtrack is super good, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also uh, have Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Because uh, that show oh, always has a terrific score. I didn't really care for mm-hmm. this season's episodes, but the music was good. Yeah. The score was good. I also have, yeah. of course, The Americans, which had a terrific soundtrack throughout, um, yeah. and, and especially this year. How about original songs? There were a lot of contenders. There were, but I went with, like, the best one. I okay. went with The Miracle of Birth, Kate. <laughs> that may be coming up later. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I went with The Miracle of Birth from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, which... It was just very, very good. Um, there's also, yeah. So that was that was really great. Uh, what were your what were your choices though? Um, I went with. I have a couple here. I have a few. Yeah. Um, well, I have two. I have the one that I just found myself singing a lot and just made me happy every time, which is "Let's Only Think About Love" from yes. Steven Universe. Just, it just like I'm just even thinking about it right now puts a smile on my face. Um, I don't know the name of it, but the that song from Claws was delightful um when they're at the wedding the slash wedding, yeah. uh intervention slash mm-hmm. i don't know that one um yeah. and then a special award for terribleness to the intentionally terrible single uh from jessica J- jessica jones when we we find out patsy's like brief pop hit you know oh, phase God. 
I totally forgot about that. It's <gasps> so bad. Oh, Kate. Thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, how about best deployment of a pre-existing song? I'm just going to get mine out of the way. I just went with Brother in Arms and With or Without You from the Americans finale because they're both really good. <laughs> right. So um, basically any cold open song from Black Lightning season two counts because mm-hmm. it's always correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also uh, Alanda's Use of Evil by Stevie Wonder. is just good it's real (laughs) good kate uh so those were my two choices for best deployment of a pre-existing song um but tell me what your best musical moment was well i have three okay um so i i have i'm curious uh, the comedic answer the dramatic Mm -hmm. answer and the just like it's so beautiful answer so what what should we do maybe that order is good comedic first is i want it that way from brooklyn 99 Mm-hmm. which is delightful um then dramatic is the face your fears reprise from crazy ex-girlfriend which was a mm-hmm. definite standout for me yeah. this year and then the the feels is home on pose when billy porter and mj rodriguez sang home and it's just gorgeous and amazing and just like just go watch it Noel. just that clip you can find it online you can find it on youtube yeah. it's just so beautiful <sighs> they also both of them individually sing a song and then they they you know duet on 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 home and it's just it's so good so that's that's what i went with but there were a lot of other options did you go with any of these or did you have your own picks or separate picks i just did one pick um because it's the one that i turned back to and it's the one that i'm i'm sure maybe somewhere on here but it's the sensate carpool karaoke Ah, uh, it was really good yeah yeah that was lovely. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss you so much, Sense8. <gasps> Don't worry. We're going to talk more about Sense8 later yeah. in, in the episode. Uh, but for now, let's listen to some of that music as we take a break and come back with our next set of awards. set of awards are the writing awards uh, and again i'm just gonna listeners the, the you're it's gonna be kind of boring for you because 
like this and this is something we've both talked about the shows we loved we really loved this year and then there were lots of shows that we liked a lot um and so the ones that came to mind for this category are all shows that i really loved and therefore we've already talked about them yes. but but you know maybe there'll be a couple surprises in here uh what was your pick for writing for a comedy series it's atlanta boring but does yeah, it count atlanta. as comedy that's my like because some of it was comedy and some of it was drama uh I, it's a very dark comedy but yeah. i think it's a comedy yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but definitely yeah. writing award for Atlanta. Absolutely. Yeah. I went with Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place and One Day at a Time, yeah. which is yeah. why they were in my top 20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about writing for a drama series? Hey, it's the terror and Queen Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And it's the, Americans. the Americans. Yeah, I'm yeah. shocked and astonished that these are the ones oh. that we love the best uh, yeah. that came to mind. How about most quotable series? All right, so I've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine here. I've got The Good Place here. I've got mm-hmm. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And for one line alone, Kate, one line. Protein. <laughs> I got to go. Oh, so good. So good. Um, yes, I have I have some of those as well. I have The Good Place. I absolutely have adopted Fork and other such yeah. uh, epithets. Um, and I have, <laughs> at least to me, Legends of Tomorrow. If more of you all watched it, I could quote it to you. Um uh, and and then the 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 last one is uh, is as you said Brooklyn Nine Nine because like Terry needs his yogurt is a yeah. sentence that gets said a lot around my household. Um, how about memorable lines of dialogue? Do we have the most the same most memorable line for this year? We might. What did we you might? Want? I mean, I went with Bill Hader trying to perform Macbeth and Barry. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like that is that a line or I guess his one line he does several times. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so that's why I counted it. Okay, but, that yeah. works. Um, I went with not yet. Oh, good choice too. Good and choice. that's obviously Rita Moreno in One Day at a yeah. Time, and just I'm gonna get choked up thinking about it. It's so good. Okay, how about best episode title? This is one of our new categories, but we had to have it, and because this is the Legends of Tomorrow Award. <laughs> yes, but I also found like a way to give it to Elementary as well with the Very Adventures good. of the um, Estrat Soba Kanefaru, because. Um, <laughs> Why? Why would you do that to people? But I, no, this is this is the Legends of Tomorrow Award for things like Daddy Darkest, uh-huh. No Country for Old Dads, Necromancing the Stone, and naturally, guest starring John Noble. <laughs> I have my two picks that I went with were guest starring John Noble, and again, we talked about this recently, Legends of Two Meow Meow. Yeah. It's just yeah. so good. I love it so much. <laughs> okay our last have, award have wait have you looked at the the episode titles that they've announced already for the no. rest of the season are they really good okay oh, yes they're right. real good i mean we already had hell no dolly so yeah. i mean it's hard to go up from here one of them stylized in what they're riffing on is called nip stuck <laughs> oh, and then there's good. seance and sensibility oh, they just say like they reach in, in to, to my heart and they go, yeah. what What would Kate like? What's Wheelhouse for Kate? Let's just do that. Oh, that's de- yeah. oh, that is delightful. Okay. Yeah. Um, best crafting of a season. I strongly considered Legends for this as well. Because again, I, the balancing act is terrific. Yeah. And I did put Legends on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have the terror in here. And I also have why it's an X problem areas. Yeah. Um, for reasons that we went into last week. So I won't belabor them about 
problems areas structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were base- my three best craftings of a season. What about you? I give it to Atlanta because their nice. balance of standalone and arc really worked over the course of the season. And and even though you were not following, you were mostly not following many of the it was mostly like one character yeah. per episode you still felt like you know there were, i still felt like there was this through line of all of the characters journeys that were happening in the background that you could intuit from the themes of, of each episode and how the characters intersected when they did like i it just i thought the whole thing was just so well structured and put together uh so yeah i, I gave it to atlanta time for more music <laughs> i feel like there might be more music than than not music in this uh, episode, <laughs> but I'm okay with that because there's yeah, a lot of too. good music this year. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back with more awards. It's time for our best sequences. So this is uh, stunts. This is montage. This is all sorts of stuff. Um, Let's start with best stunts. And this is like series wide, like overall. Yeah. Right. So um, it's Daredevil and it's Into the Badlands. These Um, are the correct choices. This is also the correct choices. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that there's better stunt work necessarily being done in these two shows. Um, and well, uh, at least in the, in the present tense for Into the Badlands continuing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Since Daredevil Aww. can't even legally come back until 2020. That's sad. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, what about action set pieces? 
we you and I had like discussions off mic yeah. about this versus like fight scene. Like what was and different? What, yeah. What was different about this? So um I chose um Sense Eight's let's blow up a helicopter. I well, <laughs> I chose Sense Eight's like let's like it, it, charge the villa. <laughs> so. See, and I don't like the villa set piece because it doesn't make any like editing sense. It's really I think really yeah. poorly put together. But I don't but, care because because yeah. Wolfie's in pink shorts and yeah. like they have their their tourist cameras and it's just so fun. Yeah. So, yes, these are these are excellent choices. I love that we are at the same uh, sensei Simpatico. I also went with bodyguard um, when they're pinned down in the road by the sniper. I thought that whole sequence oh, of the driving worked well. I didn't even tell you. I watched three episodes of that, so that sequence is very, very good. I didn't like the third episode enough to keep going, though. Fair enough. Yeah. No, there's a yeah. pivot at that point, and I could see. Yeah. yeah I can see what you mean. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll have to continue that conversation off mic. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other action set piece choices, or should we move on to standalone fights? Yeah, so standalone fight scenes, I mean, I can just, like, I can just point to Into the Badlands and, mm-hmm. like, that lighthouse sequence that should yeah. not work, um, which, spoiler alert, is one of the things that I say that should not work and does. <laughs> um, but also the penthouse throwdown in Daredevil is also very, very good. You and mm-hmm. I sort of differed a little bit about it, but um, mainly in, like, the character beats there. But from a choreography standpoint, it's very, very good and very brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Well, I put all of them for into the badlands because they're really i mean it is so next level that yeah it's ridiculous when they didn't they not get nominated for stunts this year or something i don't think that they did and that's really ridiculous it's just insane um but i put rather than the penthouse fight i put the fight at the paper for daredevil season good choice too good choice too really worked and then luke cage versus bushmaster um, when we have that, that first, it's a short fight and Luke Cage loses a lot, but I wanted yeah. to recognize it for the specificity of the fight styling, uh, mm-hmm. for Luke versus Bushmaster, uh, because you really got a sense of the characters and their histories. It really spoke to and communicated uh, so much about their backstories and, and where they're coming from and what they were going to bring to like the next chunk of the season. Uh, it was very well thought out and well executed, uh, choreography. So I wanted to mention that. Now we're done with the the punching fighting. It's time, well, sort of. It's time for best dream sequence. And I thought a little more outside the box on this one, but I'm curious what what you went with. What did you go with for for dream? I went with the Fukui progressive openings. Those uh, Mm -hmm. very dream, literally sort of prophetic dreamlike sort of sequences that opened up each episode. Um, They were easily sort of like the weirdest, but also best parts of that series. Um, So I wanted to highlight them somehow. And this seemed like the best way to do that, even though the degree to which they're actually dreams is debatable as opposed Mm -hmm. to just weird random things that opened the episode. But I wanted them somewhere. So I found a place for them. What about you? Well, I have Cloak and Dagger. Oh, God, such a good choice. Oh, I'm but, jealous that I didn't pick this. But I also <laughs> feel like maybe we need a best alt-reality category because I have a couple others. And this, I wasn't sure where else to put them, but mm-hmm. I really loved that Winona Earp time reality loop episode. Okay. Um, and it's not a dream, but also kind of doesn't happen but it does you know so i'm not sure where yeah. else that would go and then i didn't know where else to put this but we have steven universe steven has several dreams um yeah. but also going into pearl's mind um yeah. i wasn't again maybe that needs to be alternate reality or something but i wasn't sure where else yeah. to put it and it was really good so i put it here <laughs> okay no again i don't know yeah it's our I podcast mean, it's- <laughs> 
Yeah, it's our podcast. Um, I found other places for Pearl's brain to be. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, dance sequence. Dance sequence. Um, My mind are I went with, boring, but what did you go with? I went with Claws, because they have really good dance sequences. I also went, I went with the local ad, like their local yeah. video, and, yeah. and then Dean's debut at the Hammer and Pickle. Yep. Yep. I have a few more. Do you have any other ones? No, I just went with Claws, but tell me about the rest of yours. Um, well, I have the various ball scenes on on Pose, especially when they have, mm-hmm. like, the Vogoffs. Um, yeah. And then this is where I put the Miracle of Birth, because I thought it was delightful. Yes, um, and, of course, choice. I had to put Always Sunny and their finale mm-hmm. and that final sequence with Mac, which was just still yeah. so stunning and well done. Um, it's going to show up again. How about best new credit sequence? Right, so this feds into catchiest theme song. Uh, mm-hmm. Persona 5's The Animation Spring Season uh, opening credits really does a good job of capturing th- the opening of the video game while still being completely fresh and different. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked it. And it matches up to uh, to break in to break out really beautifully. And I just really, really liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like my favorite sort of new theme song opening credit sequence uh what about you i have a few um i i wasn't sure where else to put it so i put black lightning for those like title cards they have for each chapter which isn't opening credits but i wasn't Mm -hmm. sure where else to put it no but yeah i like that choice a lot yeah it works um diet land had terrific opening credits this year and oh Yes, the, the Legends does. of Tomorrow midseason finale credits of the chroniclers of the <laughs> chronology and and the 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 sirens of space time and the puppets of tomorrow. Like as soon as I watched, I was like, "We're adding a third answer to best credits." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when we talked about it on the podcast, you asked, "Like, well, was there a point to this?" And I was like, "Yes, just so I could put it on my smorgasbord list. That's a good enough reason to have it in there." Oh, so good. Well, <laughs> how about best montage? I have three. Normally I struggle with montage and I thought I would here, but then I kept coming back to it and adding more. Uh, what did you go with? Yeah. So I have the montage from the Lost Art of Flop Sweat um, mm-hmm. from the X-Files. Um, <laughs> it's just was- so very good. It's good. Yeah. And then from Atlanta, I have the Florida Man montage um, because it's also very good and just it's so accurate mm-hmm. um so those were my two choices for montage what about you um i have come away with me from the end of the adventure time finale um nice. i have brothers in arms specifically from the americans finale and then i have i didn't know i mean i think it counts as this the carnival like descending into hell for the terror um as they're going through i don't know if that's a montage but i'm putting it here okay <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue semantics with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's probably not a montage. It's more of a sequence, but yeah, yeah. I'm putting it here. Uh, but now we'll take a break and come back with another set of awards.
Next set of awards here are our season and series awards. So first up, season awards. Okay. Most spectacular burnout. What'd you yeah, have? Yeah, so this one's this one's really subjective. Um and because we have like the degree to which something burns out depends on our affection and appreciation for a show. Mm-hmm. But good god, iZombie just fizzled the out this year and so i had literally no other choice than to choose iZombie with for having just a terrific premise for a new season and then just going meh about it mm-hmm. um so yeah they had just a terrible terrible burnout this year uh what about you um well i i'm not sure i don't know how much i stand by this but i have cloak and dagger because it started so strong and then it dipped Mm -hmm. a lot it kind of came back up for me by the end um so it might not be the right the right pick but i also have the detour because remember when we Uh, really loved the detour well detour is also just like massive drop in quality too which is another thing that we have somewhere down here um But I also, like, went back to, like, my tier rankings for Detour, and it just went, yeah, no, that season before was fine, but this season was bad, too. Um, Like, legitimately bad as opposed to just fine. Mm -hmm. So, like, I debated that, but, yeah, it was was not good. Yeah. How about your most spectacular slow build or season-long, like, mystery arc progression? Right. I'm boring, Kate. Like, the most spectacular slow build is literally one of the slowest shows I watched, and that was The Terror. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, so there, I didn't really have another choice here. What about you? Um, this uh, For this, I went with Steven Universe and the way okay. they paced out the Rose reveal and where mm-hmm. we were heading with, you know, you know eventually the reveal yeah. of White Diamond and everything. I thought that that was well-structured and, and worked really well. Also, it might belong some, in a different category that we're coming to, but uh, I thought they paced out um, the Wrecked season really well. Uh, yeah, so So true. I thought I'd give some love to Wrecked. How about best finale payoff? I, again, have the Americans and the scene in the garage where they finally have the confrontation with Stan. I mean, it was just so good. Um, do you have anything more interesting? <laughs> Um, so I've got like two and I didn't really like pick a payoff per se, though this will start recurring a lot more. So finale payoff includes Bebo Voltron Mm -hmm. from Legends Mm -hmm. of Tomorrow and but also just generally the entirety of the Adventure Time finale is just a really lovely payoff after so many years. Um, It may not be as like deeply satisfying as I wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. but it was what I think I needed to like kind of end that show so i gave it to both of those shows okay how about uh oh you know what i also have a special worst finale like payoff twist thing and that's bodyguard and you don't even know man if you didn't like the twist in episode three we can talk about it off mic (laughs) um uh so so yeah well and it's not like it was like it's just it's uh I don't think they realized how problematic it was. I think they thought they were being clever and woke, and they were not. So, mm-hmm. 
I'll talk about it off mic. Um, how about most underappreciated finale or like finale payoff if you, twist if you want to do that, but just generally underappreciated finale. And it's a very easy choice because very few people are still watching this show, mm-hmm. but it's the elementary finale, Kate. It was really felt, good. It was a really good. And then like the end of the finale is also just chef's kiss. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I it's just, it's very good, but because no one watches elementary or talks about elementary, it gets slotted into the un- un- underappreciated category, but it was a very good finale. <laughs> that is an excellent choice. And it, like, I think actually kind of for us, it's the right choice, but I also, you know me, I put legends in here too, because it's yeah. a show that doesn't get respected enough and not enough people watch um, the more do than elementary. It feels like at least, um, but again, sticking the landing, really nailing yeah. all of their themes. It was a, a very uh, well, well handled season finale and mid season finale. Uh, how about most overrated finale? I couldn't come up with one for this. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe, like, I don't know, like, how many people really liked the um, Killing Eve finale. Mm-hmm. A like, lot of people like, did. A lot of people did. I didn't, like, super duper like it. Um, but I can't really think of one that I felt like, oh, yeah, that was really good. That came up came to mind a lot. Um, so I didn't really have one for this. But did you have one? Well, I haven't seen and I haven't looked for the Doctor Who responses. So if people love yeah, the Doctor sure. Who finale, that one. They're wrong, yeah. <laughs> They're wrong. Um, but the, my other pick was Killing Eve. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's good, and actually I, I already appreciate it more than I did when I watched it initially. I had a really negative reaction to it initially. Yeah. I'm already starting to come around. I may just be wrong, but people mm-hmm. love that finale, and it, it just... It still doesn't quite sit right for me. So that's yeah. sort of where I'm at with that. The other one is another one came to mind, but that that's we're going to talk about it when we get to our okay. series awards. So let's move swiftly on to that. What is your best new comedy that wasn't on your top 20? I didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't check out any new comedies this year that I kept watching. Um, yeah. That didn't make my list. So I just went... I don't have one. Um, I struggled to come up with a new drama. Um, there um, were a lot so, of good of good new shows, but like yeah. I would I would put the break. I put the break with Michelle Wolf because I really enjoyed okay. that, and I'm gonna miss it being off yeah. the air. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of really great new shows. I mean, you could put Shira in here, but I, I mean, again, yeah. I liked it more than you did. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. you know the ones that I think we would go with. We can't because they're in our top yeah, 20. Yeah, that's what I ran into, yeah. Yeah, what, what what did you come up with for drama? I guess Homecoming question mark was mm-hmm. the one I came up with. Like, I liked it. Um, it probably wasn't going to be in my top 20 anyway, but it was also like one of the few dramas I could think of that I went, yeah, you know, I enjoyed that. So, which is something I never thought I would say about a show from the guy who made Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, did I you have, have one? Yeah, Black Lightning. It's okay. a really solid, good show. So so confident in its first season and well done. And certainly one that, like, because, like I said, I kept forgetting that it was a first season show or first, like, mm-hmm. year show yeah. because it was so well executed. Um, and again, one that I think does not get enough attention or respect amongst the superhero uh, fans and the the Arrowverse viewers. So so yeah, I, I thought I'd give a little love 
uh, to, to Black Lightning. How about most improved series? Okay, so this one was actually really easy um, because this show took a massive leap between seasons one and two, and that was Trial and Error slash Trial and Error Lady Killer. <laughs> um, it just improved leaps and bounds over season one uh, by expanding its scope really significantly. And from going to fish out of water to fish out of water that wants very much to be in the water. And by the way, this town's really weird. I mean, it's best summed up, Kate, in Lady Driver. <laughs> Lady <laughs> Driver. <laughs> um, so that was my most improved series uh, this year. What about you? Well, mine feels kind of shady, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. And that's Doctor Who. And it's mostly because <laughs> I really was I was so ready for there to not be any more Moffat. Um so that's less about cuz I actually really liked Bill and a lot of what we got in the the most recent season of of Doctor Who with Capaldi. Um but I don't care about uh I don't care about Missy uh or or that quirk factory of a character. Uh-huh. I put that all not on Michelle Gomez so much but really on 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 Moffat. Um so this again Maybe heresy to some, but I was just very ready for a change. And while Doctor Who wasn't even on my top 20, it wasn't even going to be contention. It just was such a nice, fresh start for them. So that's my most improved. How about season to season drop? Which one did not step it up? Right. So I had I ended up with like categorizing things in weird, weird shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, most overall was like American Vandal for me. And this season, I don't think was particularly good. And I was really surprised when I saw it on a number of like best of best of lists. This yeah, year. I didn't understand that. Um, but then Crazy Ex-Girlfriend had like a weird fall because of the start of this season in particular mm-hmm. uh, being a little squishy. And then even though this is not a show that I particularly liked last year, but I really did not like it this year. And that was why Nona Earp. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, Winona Earp um, is my drop. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there was stuff to like, and there was stuff that I, like, parts of it that I really mm-hmm. connected to. Um, I mean, we're going to get to a big thing I really didn't like um, w- <laughs> later on. But, um, but yeah, I kept, I keep wanting Winona Earp to come to its full potential. And I'm kind of coming to terms with maybe that won't happen. Because my sense of its full potential is not its p- priorities or its sense of its full potential. Um, so... Yeah, there was st- some stuff that was so good on Winona Earp this this year, and so fun and so well done. And it's still like the the pregnancy of of uh, Melanie Scrifano and you know thereby Winona Earp energized so much of last season and pushed them to get creative and and come up with some new ideas, but also thematics and uh, character stuff to really di- dive into. And that was just not present this season as much as as we love uh, megan fellows yeah 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 absolutely how about uh most underrated series is this just queen sugar <laughs> well no so it's it's queen sugar definitely mm-hmm. it's trial and error mm-hmm. um even universe it, yeah no there's a number of things but i also like tagged elementary on here because they had a pretty solid year this year yeah on um, and i couldn't like in good conscience like pick legends tomorrow because i actually started seeing that on a number of like best of year best of lists this year people are finally getting happy. on board yeah, yeah people are very finally getting on board with it so i couldn't pick it 
but these shows are definitely underrated. Um, so those were those were my choices. Did you have any? Well, some of those, uh, but also yeah. problem areas with Wyatt Snack or Wyatt Snack problem areas, uh, because yeah. again, people I don't think they just didn't know it exists. Except for Emily and Dennis. Way to go, Emily yeah. and Dennis. Um, but you know, on a Friday night, uh, and, and not the topic most people are looking for on a Friday, like. Yeah. People are like, oh, Tube Dope Queens is doing comedy stand-up on Friday night. Great. <laughs> the White Snack is diving into the sociological you know, causes and, and fallout of, of gun violence. Oh. Um, yeah. so, so I don't think they sampled it. But if they did, they would love it. Um, how about most overrated series? This one was really easy for me. I know. I bet I know what yours is, too. Um, <laughs> I didn't come up with one for this year, um, in part because some of those series that – or this goes back into this idea of like the um, biggest drops or like the burnout type of things of like, no, I, I enjoyed glow. Kate, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's overrated. Uh, it might be a little overrated, but it was still really good. Um, but I, I, I didn't really come up with one. I, I don't want to say killing Eve because I really like killing Eve, but at the same time, I feel you, like it's getting, you should a- put, you should say killing Eve. In your heart of it's, hearts, you know you mean Killing Eve. Yeah, I kind of do mean Killing Eve. As much as I like it, it's also like, it's it's, it's not Hannibal, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said, mine is the <laughs> the, the Anne Veal Award, right? That's how I yeah. think of this. Less overrated and more uh, her. And that's yeah. Glow. Because it's very good. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's very good. I enjoyed myself thoroughly watching it. There's some really terrific performances. Like, I get it. However... Top 20 of the year, top 10, number one, as I've seen a few places. No, no, no. There are a lot of other better shows. 20, in fact, at least for me. Um, So it's, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a bad show. It's not. It's a very good show. But like, her? Yeah. Uh, Okay. So I also, you don't have a homework or ringer award, but I do. No. And the, okay. for those who don't remember, the Ringer Award is named for the shortly lived uh, show Ringer, starring Sharon Michelle Gellar. That was bad, and I watched way too much of, and I should have given up on, but I but I didn't. Um, the one that I have for this is the X Files because I watched it all, and I shouldn't have because it was bad. Uh, but like you just can never know if they're going to have that one Darren Morgan episode, right? And then that one's going to be good. And then, then all of a sudden you're watching that stupid, uh, we're gonna have no dialogue for this whole episode and we think we're clever. Uh, and, and just like, why am I, what have I done with my life? Um, so I should have stopped watching X-Files. I didn't. If it came back, which it's not going to, because Jillian Anderson uh, said hell no to that finale, um, I would probably still watch it. But I shouldn't, but I might. So that's why it's my pick here. Um, for seriously guys, why aren't you watching again? Queen Sugar. <laughs> um, like, I know why people aren't watching Steven Universe. I don't know why people aren't watching Queen Sugar other than it has black people. And that's, like, the only answer I have. Um, do you have any other picks for this? No, it's Queen Sugar. I have way more answers for why aren't we watching things. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Uh, uh, like, why are we be- watching Succession, apparently? We're watching 49. Because it's billions. about rich white people, and I don't care oh, about rich white people. But it's a dark comedy about rich white people that knows it's about rich white people, apparently. To which I go, 
No, that still doesn't sound good. No, I will say, why haven't I watched We Bear Bears? Yeah. That's mine. Cause yeah, no, that was ours last year, too. And yeah. then I watched it, and it's just and you're like, like, so good. And you were like, hey, why aren't you watching We Bear Bears? Um, yeah. the, the other one is the big one. The one that I feel the worst about not having gotten back to is Vita, because I really liked what I saw, and I just yeah. didn't get back to it. Um, yeah. Did you have any other contenders for this? No, like Vita's a really good choice, but I got rid of stars, so I can't count it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a very good reason why. It's because you don't have yeah. stars. Um, okay, how about Gone but Not Forgotten? There were a lot of shows that ended this there year. So many shows that ended this year. So like but, the middle ended, and I'm yeah. very sad. Yeah. Um, Good Behavior got formally canceled, mm-hmm. and I'm very upset about that. Sensei got canceled, and I'm sad about that. That's um, my like, like. There were a lot of them, but for me, the one yeah. I will definitely miss the most. It's not close. Is Sensei. Yeah. Yeah, and Trial by Error also got unceremoniously canceled in mm-hmm. August, and I totally missed that news. Yeah, me too. Um, and WB, uh, who Warner Brothers, who produces it, was shopping it around, and my person wisely pointed out, why don't they just put it on TBS? Because it makes sense on TBS. And I just went, oh, it does make, does sense. make sense on TBS. Yep. <laughs> Your person is pretty smart. <laughs> she is very, very smart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the, that... Y'all know where my heart lies. It's with Sensei. But um, let us know, listeners, what your shows are that you are most going to miss. Thankfully, not on this list, 9-9. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Well, as we bask in that delightfulness, let's listen to some more music, and we will come back with our next set of awards. Shucks, 
sperm's healthy. I've never been afraid of opening my heart For the slightest chance at love I gladly tear my life apart But now I finally have a sense Of who I am inside So do I risk it all again Or do I run and hide Face your fears Stare them down Don't be scared Stand your ground Cause love is not as scary As it appears All I gotta do is face my I'm very excited about our next set of awards, Noel. Uh, we have here our best moment awards. Um, I, I have not had on all these, but I'm pretty happy with most of them. Um, yeah. So, trippiest scene. What was the trippiest scene for you this year? It was Pearl's brain and the journey through Pearl's brain. It was mm-hmm. also very emotional. Um, it wasn't trippy in the, man, have you ever thought about chairs? It's trippy, uh-huh. um, but it's trippy and it's weird and it's it was really, really good. And I liked how they executed that on Steven Universe. So that was Pearl's brain for me. What about you? What was your trippiest scene? Well, I've got a few. I just like all okay. of Legion. Um, yeah. The, and, and Ooh, I totally forgot Legion existed. I think a lot of people forgot Legion existed. There was, season was, just there was bad. some good stuff in Legion, especially if your priority is visuals and aesthetics and trippy yeah. scenes. Um, yeah. Also, shout out to Star Trek Discovery, which did some interesting stuff inside of... Um, uh, the doc's brain then yeah, that's but the, true. the other the, like for a specific like scene and i get it, it's not really a scene but the feast in the arctic with the guy oh, crawling across the table that was creepy and trippy and and a very well done scene uh, i'm guessing we have the same wtf moment but maybe we don't what was your best what's, a, what's happening right now moment so Mine is definitely different from yours. Um, mm. In The Haunting from Hill House, in the episode Two Storms, a pair of buttons just appears over a cadaver's eyes. There's no explanation for it. And it freaked me the f*** out, Kate. It freaked <laughs> me the f*** out. And, like, the people on, in the, sh- the characters in the show notice it and immediately are just like, who put this here? Because the character Nell collected buttons. Mm-hmm. And, and, or she was called buttons. Or there was something like that. It's a little fuzzy in my brain. But they just show up. Mm-hmm. They're just there. And it made me very unsettled, Kate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was my what the f*** moment. <laughs> because I literally shouted it at the television screen of like, what the f***? <laughs> um, so it scared me a lot. Uh, what was your WTF moment? Well, mine is more of like a laughing one, but it's Voltron Bebo. <laughs> See, I've got that elsewhere in okay. this because okay. yeah, it's it's here. Don't yeah. worry, it, it's here. Yeah, okay. And then I also have spoiler alert. Yeah, Michael's alive. Um, which like also might be showing up somewhere else for you, but uh, is like if they nail it. That was just like, yeah. I I would never have guessed that. And I felt like an idiot as soon as I saw it for not having guessed that because it made so much mm-hmm. sense with the rest of the episode. Um, 
and it's a telenovela. So, I mean, of course. Yeah. Um, but it just like completely out of nowhere floored me. And I had an instant, very strong negative reaction and then like lived with it for a while and came around and everything. So it was a very effective reveal. And uh, yeah, it's maybe what's more of a twist. But for me, that just like, what is going on? I, I hurt my brain. Um, I wanted to give some love to Jane the Virgin for that. How about biggest gut punch? I have two. Yeah, no. So this is Pearl's brain again, slash Stephen learning the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a character gut punch. It's not a audience gut punch, mm-hmm. um, which I'm splitting hairs, I recognize, but it's really well done and it's really beautiful. And Pearl's relief at the truth coming out is really, really good. Um, but it's also just a huge gut punch for Stephen uh, finding out this truth. So I really liked that as a gut punch. What about you? Um, I have two page on the platform in the Americans finale, okay. which is like, yeah. oh, it's devastating. Um, and then the paternity test on Queen Sugar mm-hmm. and just that scene, just, just yeah, like, that's oh, a good choice. So good. Uh, yeah. That could also be a choice for Dusty Dusty Him Sad Award for the saddest yeah. scene or the scene that made you cry. Um, I have two for this. What did you come up with? So I've got just. It just says pick a scene from not yet or literally any scene from one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, so many of just, them. <laughs> just pick. Um, but I also had more or less the entirety of Hurricane Hal, which was a very early episode of We Bear Bears that aired this year that mm-hmm. each of the bears are split up during a hurricane and dealing with their own particular sort of like traumatic sort of thing. And there's one thing involving Ice Bearer and their uh, diminutive child genius friend, Chloe, um that's just really good and really sweet and really touching and it made me very sad mm-hmm. and so hurricane Hal, um but literally any scene from not yet just pick one just pick a scene. <laughs> um yeah i have uh a, a happy one and a sad one okay. um the sad one is pray tell's diagnosis on on pose um, he goes mm-hmm. with the guys to, they go all go to get tested for HIV. Um, and he just goes with this as, you know, a show of support. And we don't see all of that. We don't see inside the office for all of them. So you never know if maybe one mm-hmm. of them is like lying. But we do go inside the office for pray tell. And he finds out that he's positive. And whew, Billy Porter crushes that scene. It's it's very, very well done. Um, and then my happy tears is for uh, Prosper's Farm on Queen Sugar. Oh, when, good choice. When Charlie, like, you know, surprises him and they walk around. So pretty. Okay. <sighs> Biggest f- yeah moments. Um, mine and, like, just, like, moment of, like, triumph and relief. Mine is do CPR, you idiots, <laughs> on Sense8. When, when she, she just appears over her body like, is no one going to do CPR right now? It was a it was a wave of cheering through the audience for that one. What what did you come up with for this? It was the arrival of Bebo Voltron. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. More on yeah, that in a moment. It's just like it's so pure. <laughs> but yeah, more on that in a moment. So, uh, best twist uh, realization non finale. I I actually pulled one for this one, and I was actually very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was yours? I've got two. Um, okay. I've got, this isn't really a twist. This is more a realization, but Rose is pink on Steven Universe. Yeah. I thought they executed that very well, even though it's something yeah. people have been guessing for a long time. And the other yeah. one is, I don't have his name in front of me. So I just have Dr. Boyfriend <laughs> is in cahoots on Claws. That was <gasps> very well executed. And I totally didn't see it coming, but it made so much sense. And uh, yeah, so the, I, I really like that moment as well. What did you come up with? Yeah. 
Um, so I had Lorca's origins from Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, that was another good um, one. I got spoiled on that early, so I forgot did. about it. Yeah. But it was good. Yeah, it was good, but it also like sort of snapped a number of things about that show into focus, mm-hmm. um, which is why I put it here. Even if, again, the show is not very good, that twist is really solid, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose it. Yeah. How about most traumatizing moment? I think we both have the same one for this, and that's the ostrich egg. <laughs> oh, God. It's so unsetting. Unsettling. <laughs> it's really creepy. I'm not okay with it. Um, uh-huh. I actually went a different way, but that's a very good, like, that totally fits here. I went with yeah. emotionally traumatizing as opposed to okay. I still gag when I think of it. Oh, God. I'm kind of mad at you for reminding me about that right now. <laughs> Um, but I went with blowing up the treehouse on Adventure Time. Oh, uh, nice! Because that was just like oh, I, I, I was Jake in that moment. But he just gets mm-hmm. tiny, and it's like his face. Uh, that was that was me. So yeah, that was very good. I also have a Schadenfreude award, which I know you don't have, but everything yeah. with Ehrlich Bachman and Jian Yang on Silicon Valley this year. Um, like every time they were trash talking Bachman, I just pretended it was about that piece of shit actor. Um, and so. I enjoyed that. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I have my issues with Jian Yang as a character, as a performance. Um, Jimmy O. Yang is terrific, don't get me wrong, but I have some issues with that with that character. But every time they took an opportunity to just take a swipe at Bachman for being terrible, I was just like, yes, delicious. Um, how about striking visuals? I, I have three. I have three as well. Um, so I've got the aspect ratio switch in Homecoming, mm-hmm. um, which is really well done. Um, I have the family at prayer in the miniaturist mm-hmm. um, in like the first episode. Um, it's just so good and so Baroque mm-hmm. um, that I love it. And then I imagine that this one is definitely on yours. Um, it's the crucifixion scene from Jesus Christ Superstar Live in concert. It's, it's so amazing. And I mean, I'm I'm saying this is like an atheist and it's just like this is very good this is very yeah. striking this is deeply powerful type of stuff this is like you walk into a cathedral and you're like oh oh i get it like yeah, i don't I, believe a, this necessarily yeah. but i get why people did yeah exactly so the crucifixion is like one of the most striking visuals from this year i think mm-hmm. um and it's so well done you can just tell that they just worked on that to make it perfect and it is it's perfect and live <laughs> Yeah, and live. And live. No, no second take. And live. They get it, they get it right live. Yeah. So that right there. Yeah. Uh, I, what about you? What were your three? I look forward to it getting all of the Emmys that it can. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one. Uh, or Golden Globes, whatever it's up for next. Um, but I also have um, uh, Guillotine. The Guillotine, or not Guillotine, sorry, the, the Nooses at Fenway in The Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, nice, nice, Which nice, was nice, just nice. really powerful. Again, that w- when... Handmaid's Tale doubled down on some of that at the beginning of the season, not throughout, unfortunately, but at the beginning of the season this year, they really doubled down on their, their, um, don't, this was America and not that long ago. Like we're not that ahead of you kind of a, that imagery and reinforcing that. And that was very effective. Um, and we saw that with the Boston Globe very strikingly, but also with, uh, the Guillotine Fenway. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was really effective. Um, also, King Lear is a homeless man. In, in oh, King Lear. nice choice. 
Yeah, just such, choice. and and that's not so much visual as it is costuming and direction and everything. But just the that image, even separated from the terrific performance from Hopkins, was really powerful and striking. So that was that was terrific. Um, we've got to have the same choice for best extraneous sex slash nudity, which is the sensei orgy, right? <laughs> is it extraneous or is it just very necessary? It's very it's necessary. very necessary, <laughs> <laughs> which is the opposite of extraneous. Therefore, is not extraneous. <laughs> I suppose, but it's just like, and it's, it's, how about just most extra, but it's perfect for yes, the show. How it's extra. That? Yes. I like that. I like that categorization much more. Okay. Um, <laughs> now you don't have any picks for these because yeah. you're not fun, but I have, yes. uh, I have some picks for best shipping and that's Garnet, of course, Steven Universe mm-hmm. and Vi and Hollywood. Cause they're the best. Right. On Queen Sugar. And I'm also super enjoying what they're doing and the slow pacing of it, the slow play of it, of Nia and Brady on Supergirl. It's been super fun. Also, I like that last choice a lot. Yeah. Most chemistry, Vi and Hollywood on Queen Sugar, because duh, and everyone on Sense8. <laughs> <laughs> and least chemistry is Chidi and Eleanor. Stop forcing it. They're better as friends. Okay, now that I'm off of my shipping soapbox, let's move on to our Oxygen Award scenes that just, like, kind of just broke you (laughs) from laughing. Uh, What what did you come up with? I have have one comedic and one cheat that's also dramatic. Yeah, well, my my dramatic is a total cheat. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got Cheaty's Chili Breakdown in the good place. (laughs) So good. It's it's so good. And he's so deep in it. And mm-hmm. that shirt and those students. It's so good. But the real winner of this, the thing that like really broke me, Kate, was the legend's first attempt to form Voltron. Yeah, exploding. Because and then it explodes. It's this scary mass from a John Carpenter movie, and then it explodes on them. And it's just like that is the moment in which we knew the truth about this show of oh. Yeah, they've got it. <laughs> Even though we'd known before, yeah. but it just locked it in real hard. So that was like the funniest thing I think this year for me. Definitely. That was, yeah. I, I have um, my cheat of, of a moment that absolutely sucked my breath out of my body uh, from mm-hmm. a comedy was in, um, well, like all of the one day at a time finale, but yeah. particularly, um, but 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 also from one day at a time in lockdown, the gun episode when Alex yeah. a- asked about the gun and just like <gasps> breath is gone. Um, so that yeah. that is a cheat though because I wasn't laughing. The 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 yeah. Voltronics, the first Voltron exploding, which is like I just I laughed so I had to pause it. I laughed so hard. It was so like the timing was perfect. The performances were just right. It was like the that practical design of whatever that was that puppet was just so was terrible. Oh man, it was great. And you're right, it's absolutely a, a signal that they they had the show completely figured out at that point. Um, how about oxygen award for drama of like where you couldn't you just couldn't breathe and for me we're not surprised it's the garage scene from the american finale right so this is a total cheat for me and i very much acknowledge that but Mm -hmm. when i was thinking about this idea of like intensity of breath um i thought about nanette Mm -hmm. and the fact that there's an entire section literally about gadsby discussing not being able to breathe not giving you relief 
And I realized when that section of Nanette is happening is that I had, in fact, kind of stopped breathing. And so that was that wins even though it's a comedy special but i also if you'll remember like the bait the concept of this being a comedy special as opposed to a really well staged one woman show um i just couldn't really think of anything more intense than a show that a uh, special that literally is about wanting to deny relief yeah yeah, no, that's an excellent, excellent choice. It's no different than my one day at a time dramatic choice. So I, I'm all down. I think that's an excellent choice and much more interesting than my, did you mention that I really love the American finale uh, pick? So, <laughs> um, speaking of, did we mention most ridiculous moment? Uh, did we mention Voltron Bebo? <laughs> that, like... No, I don't think we have mentioned Voltron Bebo saving time, the universe and everything. <laughs> That that like I that it was it was just glorious and wonderful. I mean, there are lots of legends moments that could be this, like the unicorn and like it's lots of things. But like, I just kept coming back to Voltron Bebo, so yeah, I went with that. Did you have any other picks? No, I have. There's no other pick. For there's that. no other pick. Voltron <laughs> Bebo. Okay, um, I have a pick for best uh, or worst fan interactivity, I, and I just wanted to give a shout out to because like normally I give it to the Erpers, but some of y'all were not paying attention and not listening to the the fans of color who had problems with dolls. So this year, instead, I'm giving it actually to the Timeless fans who, I don't know if they're solely responsible for the wrap-up movie we got, but it didn't hurt. Um, so, so well done, Timeless fans. And that cast is also really great at interacting with their fan base on, on social media. So I thought that I, they really came to mind. Um, so how about... The La 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 Award for show that, like, you have to watch immediately, you cannot be spoiled on. Um, was there a show like that for you this year? Not super, but I realized, like, I, apart from knowing the episode titles, I don't want to know anything that Legends of Tomorrow is sort of doing. Mm-hmm. Because it's not so much like I care about their plot. I just don't want anything that they're going to do to be spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Because... It's so good and so, so enjoyable. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I've got access to the CW press site, so they post, like, a scene from any episode. Um, so, like, I saw the mustache thing of Ray having his mustache ex- mm-hmm. grown because of a letter he read from Nora. And I just went, oh, that's really funny. I wish I hadn't watched this scene, though. Um <laughs> So it's very good, but that's sort of like what I came to about this. Is there a show that you don't want spoiled? Um, I have Steven Universe, okay. and I, I, that's a big one for me for just experiencing it in the moment, like when, like all together. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which is not really this, but the show that I kept, I kept coming back to at the end. I work usually, listeners. I teach about twelve hours on every Sunday straight I have a lunch break now I forced myself to have a lunch break but I work a long day on Sundays and at the end of that day every week I would get home be exhausted and then go oh I get to watch Doctor Who (laughs) (laughs) I was just so happy to watch it and like I could put off some of the other episodes and like there's certain shows that I was always like rushing to to watch right away because they're just so fun but Doctor Who was one where I was just excited to see what they were going to do next. And I wanted, before I even looked at Twitter, before I did anything else, I wanted to watch that. So that that's what I chose for this. Uh, but our last award for this category is the Headcanon Award. Uh, that just didn't happen 
your stupid and wrong show because that didn't happen. Um, I have four <laughs> of these. Um, <gasps> do you, how, how many do you have? I just have one, and it's the most important, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, this is Dana Scully and Cigarette Smoking Man. That didn't fucking happen. <laughs> I have five. One of them okay. is... <laughs> Now, now you have five. Yeah, no, no five. that didn't happen. Um, what, what were yours? Um, I guess we're suffocating spiders to death? No, Doctor Who, that didn't happen. The Doctor found a separate planet for the uninhabited planet for them to go to and live out their spider lives. That's what happened. Also, Blackish, uh, that separation didn't happen like that. That doesn't make That's sense. That's such You're a good wrong. choice. That's a very good choice. Also, the good fight, Diane was not microdosing. That was stupid. And Doc is not a vampire, at least not for that reason. That was <sighs> dumb. That was dumb, Winona Earp. You didn't earn it. And uh, listeners, if you're a fan of any of these shows, I my, my passion and my vehemence comes from a place of love. Because I care about these shows. If I didn't care about these shows, I wouldn't care that they stupidly made Doc a vampire with half a scene of explanation. But I do. And so that's why in my head it didn't happen. So, yeah. I'm just going with that. (laughs) And also that Scully and Cigarette Smoking Man thing because stupid and gross and wrong and a terrible retcon and it never happened. (sighs) Okay. I feel cleansed. Um, Now we'll take a break, listen to one more set of music, and come back with our final picks for the best of 2018 TV. (gasps) So fun. Okay, we'll be right back after this. I used to be sick, sick and tired. Delirious, dizzy, terrified. But I'm suddenly up and out of bed. You'd never believe I was almost... Why can't you see me? Why can't you see me? I think I might be a good, good, good girl. Setting. I'd rather think about 
It's time for our final category. And these are the miscellaneous miscellaneous awards yeah. uh, shows that uh, or categories we couldn't think of another place to put. And then we wanted to make sure to mention. Um, yeah. So what what are your what was your best surprise? I have I have four. I have two. So okay. one is the terror. Mm-hmm. because I remember you both of us talking about it when they announced this and going, oh, old dudes on a boat in this day and age. That's not what we need right now. <laughs> and then it was my best show of the year. Yeah. So clearly I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other surprise was Nanette mm-hmm. um, because that came out of nowhere and that was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were my two best surprises. Tell me about yours. Um, okay. Uh, Sherlock figures out his serial killer friend almost immediately. That was a wonderful surprise. Excellent choice. Also, Sam doesn't die to save Ruby on Supergirl. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. Um, but as far as shows, um, one, I expected to be f- like good or solid i didn't expect to enjoy it anywhere near as much as i did and that was making it and i also was very happily surprised by how well it caught on and the fact that it got renewed yep. i watched the first couple of us was like well i like this but no one else is gonna watch it and then they did and it got renewed i was very happy and the other one was the last og i was so glad to be wrong about that oh good choice yeah i totally <laughs> forgot about that the way it turned around in like that third episode it was really good um yeah. so so yeah uh, well well done last og very a very pleasant surprise how about your worst disappointments this was the dragon prince kate yeah that's a good i didn't have that one but that's a good pick i was very pumped about the dragon prince and then it didn't work for me at all on yeah. multiple levels of narrative animation just character just didn't work and i was very very disappointed about it mm-hmm. What about you? What disappointed you this year? Um, well, I've got uh, Flukely, uh, both of them. I wanted okay. to like them much better than I did. Like, they were fine. There wasn't, like, there were things yeah. to like about it. Don't get me wrong. But I just, you know, it was, I want it to be so much more. Um, this one is a cheat, but American Crime Story, uh, uh, sorry, the death of, the assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story. It was really, really good. Uh-huh. It just was not the show that they sold it as. It was not okay. the assassination of G- Gianni Versace. It was Inside the Mind of Andrew Cunanan. And that it was that was a really good show. But I watched that first episode, was like really captivated by these performances. And then we kept traveling back in time and not, <laughs> we didn't keep traveling back in time. There's no more time with Versace. And that was, you know, what we got was really good. I just was disappointed that we didn't get a completely different show that also would have been very good. That, they weren't interested in making um so that was a disappointment disappointment and then just the shit show that was all stars three and everything about like don't get me wrong trixie mattel is a deserving queen uh she's really talented uh really good but is she yes anyway. <laughs> yes she is but shanji was robbed and the whole way they structured the the eliminated queens picking the final two when they weren't even present to see the queen's most recent looks like come on that's just stupid and terrible idea hopefully they have learned uh from that and we won't be seeing that with all stars four um but that was quite a disappointment and thankfully they cleansed the palette with season 10 um if you did you have a discovery or was that the same as your surprise because like i feel like nanette could also work really well here 
Right, and this also, like, falls into my breakthrough performances with Hannah Gadsby. So, like, it's yeah. all, like, in a bundle for me is, like, this This was the surprise, discovery, breakthrough is Hannah Gadsby for me as an American audience that doesn't watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, th- th- all of that, that's mm-hmm. the package right there. What about you? Uh, I have Ugly Delicious. Um, nice. And good choice, it, good choice, good choice. And that's one that I wouldn't have thought of at all if y'all hadn't recommended it. So I'm glad that I did, <laughs> that I checked it out because it was really interesting. Um, Spotlight of Shame. I have two. Yeah. Um, so I've got Dolls' Death, um, mm-hmm. which is some nonsense, but I also have the death of that maybe undone, who knows, of um, in uh, Star Trek Discovery, the Doctor. Mm, um, Colbert, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's super bad and not okay. Mm-hmm. And the response to it is also not okay from the producers. Yeah. It's very not okay. Um, so those are my two spotlights of shame was, oh, yeah, no, we're going to kill two people of color in these genre shows that we make a big deal about our diversity. And our Especially inclusion. Star Trek Discovery. And yep. then, meh. Yeah. Indeed. Okay, excellent picks. Um, I went with people related to TV. Um, huh. So, you know. TV yeah. related, fuck off Roseanne, and yeah. also Les Moonves. Yep. I feel and like Michael Brotherly now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they speak for themselves. So let's go right to yeah. breakthrough performances. I also had Hannah Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I also have Bill Hader and I have Brian Tyree Henry. These are very boring choices because everyone's talking about them, but they were so yeah. good. And they were real breakthroughs this year for me. Um, yeah. Did you have any other breakthrough performances or shall we move right on to breakthrough series? Breakthrough series um, is, I think, because we've alluded to it popping up a couple of other places, but it's Legends of Tomorrow. I think even mm-hmm. though we're like talking about it and like it's the lowest watched of all of the Arrowverse shows, the conversation around it has really enhanced this year, I think. And I think people are way more accepting of its delightful weirdness. Um, so I think it's breaking through. It may not be breaking through mainstream, but mm-hmm. I think it's breaking through. So that's my pick. What about you? It's definitely breaking through critically in a way that yeah. it hasn't. And, and I'm seeing some critics like finally catch up with it, which is you know, just fun. Just skip the first season. Just no Hawk people. Just skip skip yeah. to the second season. Um, I have two for this. One is not a breakthrough for us, but I think mm-hmm. it's breaking through into the larger popular culture and critically as well. And that's Drag Race. I feel like 2018 was a yes, really big year for Drag Race. that's a great choice. That, that is an excellent, excellent choice. And then my other one is Queer Eye, which, again, I had to remind myself, dropped this year, both of its seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of exploded back into public consciousness and um, just gave us all the the warm fuzzies, the the, break, the baking show warm fuzzies that we couldn't get from baking show um, at, that, at that time, at least. Um, so that's that's my pick for, for Breakthrough. Those are my picks for Breakthrough series. How about um, it, it, it should have worked. I mean, it's the Dragon Prince again, but... Yeah. I have three. Um, yeah. Uh, what were your other three? What were your three? Oh, well, and I have two that were good shows, but, mm-hmm. like, they should have broken through, and they should have found an audience, and people should yeah. be talking about them, but they aren't. And that's Mosaic and Dietland. Like... Okay. How in yeah. this year was nobody talking about Sharon Stone being on TV and doing a terrific job, excellent performance... Mm-hmm. But nobody, yeah, that just like blipped and went away. Uh, well, to tell you how true that was, I went, "What the f- is mosaic?" <laughs> yep. Well, there you and go. And I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Dietland, I really thought, like, in this year of the woman, you know, Me Too and everything, I was very surprised when Dietland did not 
find an audience. Um, As for narratively and structurally and writing-wise, it should have worked. Archer Danger Island should have been so much better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's really a shame. Um, How about it shouldn't have worked, but it did. (laughs) Yeah, so like literally any fight scene on Into the Badlands should not work (laughs) by the laws of existence. Um, But because A, they're so good, and B, because they're so elaborate. Mm -hmm. Um, But also... I don't know why Bebo worked, Kate. I just don't know why Bebo worked, but it did. And I'm glad it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the dance scene from Always Sunny. And and just that whole approach to the finale shouldn't have worked, but it did. And they knew it did. They knew it would. And, you know, props to the Always Sunny team and and Rob McElhinney specifically for having that vision and and really pulling pulling it off. So well done. Um, now the, uh, it's, it's not me, it's you award for, you know, either TV show or trope or something else that you're just, we're done with. Yeah. And I could, I, I was struggling to come up with one and I think that's just like, I'm, I think your choice of like the, um, spotlight of shame on just people in the culture mm-hmm. is just like really good. I'm just, I'm done with this. Um, and I'm done with how it like bleeds through with into um, programming choices. Like um, someone made a really good point that um, all of CBS's programming sort of stems from Moonves's subconscious at this point of like this heavy jingoism, this heavy sort of masculinity type of thing. There are little toxic spots. Toxic masculinity. That, yeah. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. There are spots where it does not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it all feeds out of that to a certain degree on a, a cultural level, uh, but also in like a programming level. And so that I'm kind of done with, I'm pretty mm-hmm. much done with. Um, but I couldn't think of like a show that I was just ready to quit because my show for making a leap, um, I just wanted to come back strong next year or mm-hmm. when it, whenever it does come back. So what about you? What are you done with? Um, I like, I don't have the choice to be done with this. But I'm like, if I never hear voiceover again, other than the Latin lover narrator, I will be happy. Um, and my other thing is just gimmick episodes, like the mm-hmm. the the no cuts, the no talking X Files, the every you know, like I there's purposes for like bottle episodes, and yeah. and sometimes there like there's narrative purposes for your one takes and those kind of things. But just gimmick for the sake of gimmick. Over it. And that does not count in musical episodes because I want to see everybody singing and dancing always. But like getting creative points because you did something that was hard or because you like you put a constraint upon yourself. No, you don't get bonus points for that if you don't do a good job. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the single elements weighing down? An otherwise strong series, otherwise known as our anchor award. Um. Okay. So this is not the actor's fault. Katie Stevens is very good when they let her be, but dude, Jane on the bold type, like the rest of that show, I'm so much more invested in. That's a very very good choice. Um, I picked Rob Thomas <laughs> for the showrunner of I Zombie and be like. Buddy, you got to start plotting for 13 episodes instead of whatever you're doing because it's bullshit. But there's a really good show there. He's just ruining it. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. 
That's yeah. not what we want. How about Life Vest Award for single element getting you to tune in when you normally would not? This is this was like the easiest thing, Kate. Uh-huh. This is Jake McDermott on Murphy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the show, basically, he's literally the life vest because mm-hmm. the cold, icy waters that this show is in mm-hmm. doesn't affect him at all. He is somehow on another show and makes this show better when he shows up. And you need to look no further than, like, the penultimate episode, AWOL, um, which is, like, he's heavily featured in. And it's just like, oh, there's a really good show here. But it's surrounded by this really bad show that doesn't know what it wants to say or do, apart from being like, wasn't it better when in a very baby boomer voice? So, and AWOL is a really good example of this, by the way. But Jake McDermott is just so good on Murphy Brown that he deserves to be on a much better show. Like maybe Limitless. Yeah, like that (laughs) Um, one. (laughs) Yeah, like that one. Uh, What about you? What's the one thing keeping an otherwise bad show afloat for you? See, this one I have really struggled with because I have stopped watching those shows. Um, Uh uh So, and, and this one is not quite right because there's a couple other little elements but it's the closest I could come up with. And that's Titus Burgess on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It was just so good. There's so many good things on that show, though. But I, I understand where this is coming from. Yeah. Because last the, season wasn't particularly good. Yeah. like, And it's it's not even Ellie Kemper anymore for me. Um, it's not, you know, like there's there's many elements to the show that, or I mean, there's a lot of strong pieces there and performers yeah. there. But... I don't care about it. I'm going to watch it just to have finished it and just to have seen it all when it comes back. But I like, I really don't care. They've run it into the ground, which is hard to do when you've got this material and these people. But the part of that show I can always rely on that I will enjoy this part of the episode, no matter what, is Titus Burgess. So well done, sir. Um, yeah. And now for our very final category in in closing out 2018. What is the show you most want to see make the leap in 2019? I I have two. One creative and one viewer-wise. Okay. I just have a creative one. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm cheating because Mm -hmm. of what I'm picking. But I really need the detour to come back in a big way. (laughs) And so it fell down really hard. So it needs to get back up again, just like Chumbawamba <laughs> and, or Smash Mouth, whichever one it is. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba, thank you. So it needs to be like Chumbawamba and make a leap back to where it was in season one. Pretty <laughs> hardcore for me. Uh, what are your two? The Well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but yeah. people watch Queen Sugar. Like, I want it to, like, critics start talking about this show. It was on one list. It was on the Vulture Best of TV so far from November, which was like a list of like 50 shows. And that's all probably Angelica's doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it, it was written up by Matt Zuller's Science. But yes, okay. that's probably Angelica's doing. Um, yeah. So it's nowhere near where it should be in the cultural conversation, in the critical conversation, um, TV critic conversation. Uh, it has its viewers. I'm not worried about its future. Um, it has a good viewership, but it just is not nearly discussed enough. So that's my one that I'm hoping people will catch up with us on. The one that I really, 
really want to see creatively make the leap is Star Trek Discovery. Like, I feel like there could be a good show there. And they've got a really good cast. And they got Tignataro this season. Come on. Um, so I really hope that it, like, things click. Now that they are hopefully over themselves about the, the mirror universe and everything and less in love with an idea than with creating the best possible show. Um, hopefully that's the case. Um, but we'll I would find out I, soon. <laughs> I would like it if I really like Star Trek Discovery. I, I want to be a Trekkie again in the way that I was growing up with, with uh, TNG and DS9 and all of that. So please make that happen for me, Star Trek. Um, so that is my pick. Uh, but I also am right there with you on Detour. I would love to see Detour step <laughs> it up. So fingers crossed on that. Let us know, listeners, what your picks are for any and all of the above. Um, we'll be monitoring the website, see if there are comments and emails and everything. And we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, if you show notes, you can find a post of this episode over at theteleverse.org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the year's TV. You can also email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook, start up a conversation there, or you can find us in iTunes with an M4A chapter feed and mp3 unchaptered feed and we're also in stitcher we'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place and then we are both on twitter i am at the televers you are at noel rk thank you for a really great year kate thank you for a really great year noel you're the best and listeners you're the best you're also the best thank you for listening it's nice to you know every now and again remember that you actually there there are people out there and they actually want to hear what we think about tv that's kind of cool and we want to hear what you think about tv so reach out we'll be back next year Whoa, see what I did there? With another episode of The Televerse.